This is Dina Marie from Our Lady of Peace Retreat with a Franciscan moment. During the 50-day feast of Easter, we're invited to celebrate the incredible outpouring of God's divine mercy and his abundant gift of eternal life. The daily devotion to pray the chaplet of divine mercy is one powerful way we can cry out for God's mercy upon us and the whole world. But how have Christians over the centuries approached this awesome message of God's mercy? And what can we learn from the saints regarding God's greatest attribute? Well, with me today to discuss our beloved St. Francis and his message of divine mercy is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Good morning, Father Dan. It's always great to have you joining us. Well, good morning, Dean Marie, and uh, a blessed Easter to you. Absolutely. He is risen. Alleluia. It's we spent a lot of time in Lent and now we get the 50 day feast to really recognize God's great mercy. Now, we're going to talk about St. Francis and this message of divine mercy. But I want to just ask you, because the last time we talked, you were going to be going to Alaska on a parish mission, actually during the Lenten season. But I want to hear a little bit about From Texas to Alaska, it's a little bit of a diverse environment. And then the people coming on on mission, these seasons of the church are these invitations. I think of God's mercy. Come to the church, come to a mission, come to encounter Jesus. Just give us a little little follow up on that parish mission in Alaska. Well, it was uh, it was a delightful trip. Um, first time to Alaska. I, I went from Texas. Now the state itself is three times the size of Texas, so it's massive. And I flew into Anchorage, and when I got there, this is the end of March now. You know, about a month ago or so, and it was still just blanketed in snow. They still had to plow because we got more snow. The mountains, I flew into Anchorage, and of course, anyone that's been there knows you have these beautiful mountains all around the city of Anchorage. Uh, Of course, seasonally, one of the differences, I mean, for example, today, as I sit here, I mean, we're looking at 92 degrees in Texas. Well, so I left when I did leave, even at the end of March, I think it was about it was close to 70 and I had my winter coat in tow, so that when I got off the plane at the other end, it was 20 degrees, I could put it on, you know? So right. there, there was some of that uh, geographical uh, sort of uh, weather sort of difference, but the people up there were just so very inspiring. They they have a different kind of a lifestyle, certainly. I mean, for me, growing up in Minnesota, we always fought around say, February, March, what we called cabin fever. Well, for them, the whole winter season is almost like fighting cabin fever because they only have five hours of light in December. And that that can be tough if, you, if you're living um, without the sun and even the five hours could be overcast and dull and, mm-hmm. and, and the like. So it, it, it challenges uh, just humanly your, your uh, psychology, but spirituality up there, I found uh, a very deep faith among the people at uh, the parish I was at in Eagle River, which is about 10 miles outside of Anchorage. And it was a delightful mission up there. Yeah. And just, you know, typically what happens at missions that I've been at is you've got your preaching on a daily basis. Typically, the daily mass is available and then confessions. And I know for some people coming to a mission, it may have been a while or a long while since they've been to confession. 
give me a sense, just as people are coming into the church for this experience, you know, what are they hungering for? What are they missing? What do they need in their spiritual life? You know, what I found, and I found this consistently, even uh, here in Texas, well, probably throughout my ministry, and even in myself, um, the thing that people are hungering for is to know the mercy of Christ, but we don't seem to be able to get past the justice that the commandments meet out to us, because it's almost like there's a lot of people, I think, in the Catholic Church that are living as though they're still Old Testament man or woman before Christ came. Uh, because they're, I mean, the Ten Commandments are important. I don't mean to say that. And of course, Jesus did say he didn't come to abolish the commandments. But all the commandments do, if that's all you have, is accuse you of falling short. Mm. And if you don't have Christ, there's no way around that because all you're left with is the justice of what's due to you, which is not very pleasant. So the mission was all attempted, what I was attempting to do is get people on board with faith in what Christ has accomplished for us by dying upon the cross, which is the forgiveness of sins. We don't deserve it. There, It isn't something, I mean, especially as uh, men and women in the United States, we feel as though we've got to earn it. You can't earn this. It's over already. You've already failed in following the Ten Commandments. Now the only way to get in is his mercy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I was trying to help people understand is he loves you. That's why he died on the cross and he wants to help you get into his kingdom. He's not like playing cat and mouse with you. He really does want you to be close to him, you know. And so... As a result of that, we had the mission was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the evening, and I spoke for about an hour. And then we there was three or four of us priests that heard confessions all three nights for an hour and a half to two hours, and they mm -hmm. were very substantial. You know, people were just responding to this mercy of Christ to come to confession, and it was delightful and really uh, a testimony to the to the Holy Spirit at work in their hearts that they did come. You know. How beautiful. I'm talking with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar in this beautiful season of Easter, the season of God's mercy. But, you know, as you mentioned that, Father Dan, I think about really mercy. If we're giving mercy, it's for somebody who doesn't deserve it. Right. Because oh. otherwise it's possibly justice. But if we think about, am I going to give mercy to the enemy who has offended me? That's hard to do. You, so there's something we about mercy it's it's big. It is big. It's it's very big. It's as big as the heart of God Himself, uh, which is massive. It's an ocean of mercy. You know, like Saint Faustina really received that from Christ, and herself went through this journey of faith to embrace the magnitude of this mercy. I mean, starting out in the beginning of the diary, you do get a sense like she's still pretty fearful, and she's. A steady, steadily gaining greater confidence in this massive ocean of mercy into which our sins just are are ob obliterated. Uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he cast away our sins. So yeah, I mean, it really is, uh, like you say, this vast mercy is as grand and as great and as massive as the heart of God himself. 
Right. Right. You know, and you mentioned St. Faustina and obviously in these recent times, St. Faustina, the diary, Pope St. John Paul II, you know, we associate, at least I do in learning about divine mercy in the last 20 years, I associate the message of, of Faustina, St. John Paul II, uh, of kind of giving us this message, but the message has always been around, uh, even the time of the apostles. But take us 800 years earlier to St. Francis and his life and and walking on the road with the friars. How, how did he approach God's mercy? Well, he was he was very conscious, as we do need to be, of um, the justice of God that was due to him because Francis himself lived a rather uh, wild youth, you might say. Um, and he did, he did the first 20 years of his life, spend most of it in just, uh, he was he was a prodigal son, basically, and uh, did undergo massive conversion in 1206. You know, he's born 1182, so by this time he's about in his early 20s and he has this conversion. Well, as a result of that conversion, he was the one most conscious of how unworthy he was of all these blessings he received. In fact, one time he was going down the road and he saw a poor man just sitting in the in the ditch, and he was just laid out, you know, from just his poverty and his his life. And Francis said, "This man would be twice the man I am if he received the graces I received." And it's, it's that awareness that he had that really did lead him to begin to trust in that grace and mercy and that forgiveness and eventually became a saint. See, this is what does it. You is faith in the love of God and you start to get that momentum to the point where you realize, I don't deserve any of this and yet he's so freely giving it. And when you embrace that, you become a saint. And that's what he did. You know, he began to change his life. He converted, he abandoned his life of sin and began to walk in the gift of the Holy Spirit at work in him that eventually, you might say, weaned him off of the life of sin and put him onto the life of grace. Mm. And that is God's abundant mercy given out for us. Beautiful season in this time of Easter to continue to pray and to pray for those hardened hearts. And I love the chaplet of divine mercy. We pray it mm -hmm. every day on this radio station. And, and I pray many people do pray it on a daily basis. I want to talk more about this divine mercy. How do we approach it in our own lives when we see the world around us that is full of sin? How do we wrestle with that and invite God to really bless us? Um, but we are coming up to a break, Father. So I want to take a quick break and then we'll continue our conversation in the next half hour. Okay, thank you. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with my conversation with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar, and we are celebrating this time of Easter, reflecting upon the message of divine mercy and St. Francis and his own real embrace of God's mercy, maybe his wrestling of God's mercy and how he taught his friars early on. And Father Dan, you know, I heard during the Lenten season that divine mercy and the stations of the cross go hand in hand. And I 
I guess I didn't think about that, but I think about how much we've talked about St. Francis, his own stigmata, his embracing the cross. Maybe reflect a little bit about this cross, the stations of the cross, and God's divine mercy. Well, yeah, that's that's where the mercy of God was not not he didn't talk about mercy, he demonstrated it. And that's what the cross is. It's his it's uh he didn't need to himself, of course, uh, go through all of that to save himself because he was sinless. He only did it for us. That's why he went to Jerusalem is to save us. And of course, the proof of that is the time, like say Peter, Peter, when 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 someone we love has something done against them or we suffer injustice, we tend to get violent. And that's what Peter did. He pulled out his sword and he cut off Malchus's ear. And 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 Jesus in Matthew's gospel said, don't you realize I could call 12 legions of angels down right at this moment and just wipe them out? But he said, but the scriptures wouldn't be fulfilled. What are the scriptures? What? Why is he going to the cross like this? It's the Father's will. And the Father's will for him was that he ends up in the belly of death like Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale. John Chrysostom says it so beautifully in his Easter homily. He says, death on the cross swallowed a man and found God. Now, that's a serious case of indigestion. Mm-hmm. And he completely destroyed death from the inside, which was keeping us away from God, because God is a God of life. He never created us to die, but because of our sins, we die. And so that's what the cross is. When you look at the stations of the cross, and this is why Francis loved the cross so much, is because of the mercy that it was demonstrating, the love of God that it was demonstrating by that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, Father Dan, we when we reflect on the Stations of the Cross, certainly it's a Lenten practice, but really it should be a daily. If not on Fridays, it's it's suggested on every Friday to to meditate and to do the state, whether you go to a church or at your home with the little booklet or on an app where you can pray. But we think about the sufferings and yet how do we transition into the mercy and to try to even comprehend how much God does love me because I am a sinful person and I see and witness sin and participate in sin every day. But does he really love me that much? That that's yeah. hard to, for us to grasp. Well, well, that's where the faith, that's where faith becomes so necessary to salvation. Uh, it takes faith to, to enter into what you're saying, uh, it, it is hard. Like you can't wrap your mind around that when you live in a world like we do, where most people are constantly living in accord with a kind of a justice that favors themselves for the most part. What is due to me is more important than what's due to you. As long as I'm getting my share, I'm okay. But if, if that's the measure of how we then go to God, there's no way we can understand mercy because he's not thinking of himself at all, but he's, he's, he's trying to help us come to life. And, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus was so kind. He was so, 
he wasn't strident. He wasn't uh, he wasn't wagging his finger at us, and he wasn't uh, coming among us to accuse us. He says, "I haven't come to accuse you. I I haven't come to criticize you. The critic is Satan. Satan's the critic. I've come to save you from him, from and from the critic. You know the way you're treating each other. I want to try to." forge a new way through that, maybe get as many on board as possible and start to change the way you're treating each other, which can sometimes, uh, if you look at the 20th century, there's piles of corpses of some of the bullies we had in the 20th century, and they were all atheists. They didn't even know Christ. Uh, and no bully ever learned to be a bully from Christ. Uh, that That's just not him, because he's not a bully. And that kind of testifies, I think, to the need we have in our times for Christ all the more is uh, in a fallen world like we live in, if sin goes unchecked, it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of how we treat one another. Right, right. If we looked at St. Francis and his life, Father Dan, maybe give us some examples or what do we know about how he would teach about divine mercy? What are his thoughts about divine mercy? Well, you know, uh, if you if you look at the mercy he received and then remember the prayer attributed to Francis, Lord, make me an instrument of peace where there is hatred. Let me sow love. Wow, look at that. I mean, the best we had to offer Jesus in his most dire time of need upon the cross was vinegar. That's all we had to offer him. And it's like, that's how does that change? Well, by way of Christ's healing of our human nature from our sin, so that we can actually turn hatred to love. And that's what Francis did. I mean, that's what he did, because he himself at one time, living the life of sin and rejecting the love of God in his life, came around to the point where he fell so in love that there was no looking back. And his conversion was so total, and and that's that's what that's what Jesus came to try to do in fulfilling the law. Justice operates out of the order of what is due to me and my neighbor, and what it, and it gets into the question of fairness. Well, a lot of times life isn't fair; we suffer injustice. What do we do at that point? Well, a lot of people put up their fists and become bullies. Mm -hmm. And they start, you know, or like Peter, they pull out their sword and they start wielding it. And um, that's our temptation, our fallen nature. But Francis himself was a knight at one time. and He was on the battlefield and uh, went out there as a knight to fight. But he converted from that violence to become a man of peace, where there is hatred that we show so love, where there is injury, pardon, where there is doubt faith, where there's despair, hope. You see, the only way he could do that is first to receive it from God so that his own despair became hope. Francis's own doubt became faith. Francis's own uh, fear of God became a love of God. Once he experienced that, you know, Jesus said, now go and love one another as I have loved you. 
And I think, unfortunately, a lot of us leave the love of God for us, given us in Christ, like a wrapped gift under the Christmas tree. We never quite open it. So we need to open that gift and, and receive the benefit of, of, its, of its beauty, its transformation in our lives. Absolutely. I just want to thank you, Father Dan, for spending some time during this Easter season to help us reflect on the awesome, abundant graces and divine mercy that God has for us. And we continue to pray for that each and every day. Would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing today? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us your Son, Jesus, and opening your heart to us upon the cross. We pray that we may ever rend our hearts to you and open them instead of rending our garments, which are external and superficial. Help us truly open to your love in our lives, that we may be healed and restored, forgiven, and come into a full and living relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed Easter season. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you, Dina Marie.